time. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. Uh, joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. So, uh, there's, of course, much to discuss. Uh, one of the things we didn't touch on last night that I mentioned was this mother who is losing her baby because of refusing a C-section. We'll explain what that's all about here in just a bit. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls as well. JJ, you're going to tell us about a uh, another potential government shutdown that may be looming on the horizon. That's right. Which is always exciting news here on Free Talk Live. But first, uh, all three of us were at a trial today, a historic trial, uh, the trial of Jim Johnson. If you want to be, uh, if, if, if you want to sound cultured and be a little snotty, <laughs> you say, an historic, as opposed to a. Uh. An historic. Yeah. An historic. That sounds so wrong. I know, is that, right? Is that correct? Is that? Because it's an H, I believe. It's, it's about, uh, right, it, it, it's about style, not about correct. I don't understand what you mean. Most grammar uh, usages are not about right and wrong. They're about style. And hmm. I'm just telling you that it is, you could say a, um, you know, any, an a egg if you want to. Well, the proper way to pronounce a is a. Uh, when you're speaking, uh, this is one of the, this is the only thing that, <laughs> of use that I actually learned in college for radio broadcasting and television broadcasting. You can tell the difference between somebody who is uh, is more of a professional or not, as far as like someone reading a teleprompter, like on TV. If you've got a uh, a news anchor reading a teleprompter, and JJ, you're putting together a TV show here That's in town, right. so so keep this in mind uh, for your for your talent. If somebody reads the letter A as they're reading as A, that's incorrect. Who who speaks like that? Most people do not speak. You just said a teleprompter. Did I? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll see. <laughs> a teleprompter. Uh, is the appropriate way to uh, to say things. But see, uh, also sounds like a vocal filler. Uh, what do I say? Well, uh, if you're using it in as a fill, right. then that makes sense. But the letter A is is correctly pronounced as uh when you're speaking. Uh, anyway, so uh, where was I going with that? Oh, C-section. Trial. Trial, that's right. We're yes. at the trial today. I'm like trial mind numbed because this is oh the... Oh God, it was a marathon. Yeah, this, has, this was the longest one. Now, we've all spent a lot of time in court. Well, maybe not so much you, Mark, but... Uh, I try to avoid it as much as I can, thanks. JJ and I, well, I don't because I think it's important to back up my, uh, my friends. I think it's important to be there for people that, uh, that will hopefully be there for me if I have to go to court. So it's kind of putting it out there, uh, that sure, kind of thing. Sure, it's definitely uncomfortable being in, in any sort of tyrannical edifice whether it be a for multiple court reasons. or a, a police station it's uncomfortable for multiple reasons because uh one the chairs are typically very uncomfortable yep. uh two there it's uncomfortable because there are men around who will take you and put you in a cage at the slightest some whim women of, too. of a man what's that some women too no, occasionally uh but mostly older overweight men uh, who will put you in a cage at the uh, you know the wave of the hand of a man in a black robe so uh, there i go i did it again a black robe. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to fault you for it, Ian. If you want to talk like that, get it's the, fine with get me. Get the buzzer out. Uh, so, 
we were there, and we were there all day. Oh, at least uh, Mark and myself. You kind of cut out a little early, and JJ, you showed up a little late. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard to stay at court all day. I was there at 9 a.m. this morning, oh, wow. and I didn't leave until 4 this afternoon when You're the court trooper. closed. So Jim, uh, Jim Johnson was there. He's the husband of Lauren Canario, who is a, uh, a, a lady who has kind of made a name for herself in the world of civil disobedience. She's one of my inspirations, personally. Definitely, it, It's her civil disobedience that really... The eminent domain civil disobedience is what you're talking about. I, well, that and other things. Yes. She's not just... That's, that's, that's not all she's done, right. but she's she kind of made a name initially for going to New London, Connecticut after the Supreme Court decision with the Kelo versus New London, where the Supreme Court affirmed that government can take anybody's property for any purpose whatsoever, even to benefit private companies. And she went down there, and it was her intention to perform civil disobedience in defense of the properties of those of the Kilo Seven. So that's one of the things that she did that I thought was particularly heroic. And she also has done some civil disobedience here in New Hampshire. And it was it was Lauren Canario that really was one of my big inspirations for coming here to New Hampshire and specifically the Keene area sooner rather than later. Yeah. So. In fact, when I first showed up here in Keene, and I went to the Social Sunday at the time, it was at the Cayley House. And I sat down, and Lauren was I sitting right next to me, basically, when she showed up. And mm-hmm. it was it was one of those things where, hey, I saw you on YouTube, and I've liked what you, you've been doing, your uh, inspiration, and you're one of the reasons that I moved here. And she was like, cool. Cool. And that's, that sounds like that's Lauren. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's not the most loquacious, and mm-hmm. that's okay. But she's actually co-hosted uh, Free Talk Live a couple times on... Yeah, she sat in. ...on She Talk Live, as a matter of fact. So Jim's her husband, and he got involved in some civil disobedience recently as well, although more of a by accident, in at least one case. In one case, he did it on purpose. He stood in front of a police car heroically in Nashua. But in this case, it was the trespass case, what we've called the Trespass of 12. Yes. And I was arrested in this group of 12. Jim was arrested. A number of others uh, were, and all we did was go to the jail and do what we always have done at the jail which is walk around the jail smile and wave at the prisoners hold some signs signs. and then we we didn't even have a cookout in the parking lot but that's what we've done too yeah and i'd like to point this out is that uh you know as strange as this sounds this whole marching around the jail this was nothing new i guess i suppose it was a little new because this was a new jail but you guys had been out to this jail and many others um there's video of you guys making like french toast Sausage and eggs and stuff. Uh, yeah, all, all times of the day and night out there at this jail. Right, Chris brought out his grill. I mean, a few times yes. at the old jail. I, I cooked on it myself. Right, so we've you know, we're used to this. We're used to being able to just be there and and do our thing. And we didn't think anything would be there would be anything different with this new jail. So they spent forty million dollars taxpayer money. They built a brand new jail and they put up no trespassing signs at the new jail. But I figured, well, we're not trespassing. You know, we paid the property taxes for this. Well, plus so. those trespassing signs are specific um, that uh, you need to be asked to leave or whatever, and have you have to have a purpose and you have to be licensed to be there. Who the heck is licensed to go there? Are you telling me the visitors are licensed to go there? Well, there's certain people they don't want there, and they don't want us there, and so they called the police. We were arrested on the spot. By the way, the police did not take the time to actually say. You need to leave. Right. There was so, no warning from the police. The, correct. The only warning actually came from... Ostensibly. This, I didn't hear it. I, well, according to the uh, the allegations supplied by the prosecutor, the mumbling sort of... 
It was really, really funny. I, I mean, I don't want to make fun of this guy. But He's a nice guy. He, right. He seems like it. And I'm not trying to say that. Uh, all I'm going to say is that, you know, he talks low. <laughs> Essentially. People called him mumbles before. Right. When, when, when he was asked his name, could you speak up, please? I mean, literally, that's what happened in the court today. And yeah. they asked him to please use the volume that he spoke at. And he did. And it wasn't really much more than sort of a conversational tone. And he said, well, right. it, it could have been louder than that well then why didn't you do that when that when was you were what asked, you're asked to do, to do? It. <laughs> so he just I, I just get the impression this guy isn't loud nope and so i guess he had allegedly come out and told the group to go away which was something that they really kind of they leaned on at the right, trial they kept on pounding this uh, we told the group how do you tell a group anything the law is very specific right. a person must be told personally now this is mis- first degree misdemeanor criminal trespass up to a year you're in not, jail you're not talking about a ticket here which they have a violation uh, trespass right. they have a second degree misdemeanor trespass and they have a first degree mis- misdemeanor trespass class a class b the, yeah. the, the only class a class b the only thing higher than this is burglary okay i mean that's the next step up a felony is higher. this is essentially the charge that you give someone for attempted burglary that's really it. I have seen people in prison for this charge. This is a serious charge. This is not for somebody who's out of the county jail doing a protest, carrying a giant cardboard sword in his hand. Right. It, it was very cartoonish. The uh, and I think that's that's what it was all about. Though. I liked it when he asked the, the the jail guard if he found his sword whimsical. <laughs> the guy just kind of mu- stum- stammered. <laughs> what else would you say? That ah, well, it, like the the. Uh, sort of cookout in the parking lot and the parades around the jail, it sort of humiliated them, I think. It sort of made them feel like their authority wasn't being respected. They don't like that. And they, they struck back with these signs, signs, everywhere signs. So we'll tell you more about what happened in court today. It was a long day, 800-259-9231, but also a historic day as well. 1-800-259-9231, first ever trial of a so-called, uh, so-called free stater here in New Hampshire was today. One uh, More coming up, this is Free Talk Live. Annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida is coming March 19th. See Porsche, Corvette, Ferrari, Jaguar, BMW, Mazda, Acura, Audi, and many other world-class racing teams battle in America's toughest road race as Sebring hosts the first race of the Intercontinental Le Mans Cup in 2011. Gates open Wednesday, March 16th. Order your tickets today by calling 800-626-RACE or visit SebringRaceway.com. See the cars and stars in the American Le Mans series, driver autograph sessions, vintage race cars, and visit the Party Zone, featuring a Spring Break Bikini Contest. Up and coming man Selby, Jumpman, Alluvion, Selena Jordan, and DJ Scotty B. Presented by GoMobileWeb.com. Four days of family fun at Sebring and children's club and under a minute free. Get all the info at SebringRaceway.com. The 59th Annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida. March 19th is the date. Sebring is the place. Order your tickets at SebringRaceway.com. Brought to you in part by Budweiser, Jaguar, and Michelin. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find on our site totally free, including listening options. We've got live streams, broadband, and dial-up versions of the show. Our webcam is there. The radio stations, 94 of them from coast to coast on the AM and FM band that take the show at various times throughout the week. Our satellite channel, which is free to air 
which means you can listen without paying a subscription fee, and the listen lines as well. You can go uh, and listen via any phone that can dial long distance. So go to listen.freetalklive.com to do those things. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Ruger has some exciting new offerings this model year. Not only do they have the uh, the Scout Gunsight Rifle, which is a, a great new offering they have. It's a bolt-action rifle. They also have the LC9. It's a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It is compact, has numerous safety features, a three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The LC9, the next handgun you must own. Made in America and made for you. Ruger.com. All right, so uh, we'll continue here and take your phone calls in a quick moment. Just wanted to bring you up to speed on what happened today with the historic trial of Jim Johnson, one of the liberty activists that made the move here a few years ago for the Free State Project. And uh, they had him on trial today uh, in a full jury trial with 14 jurors, 12 real ones, and two alternates. And, and he was in uniform, too. Oh, God. Yeah, Jim was wearing the very same outfit that he was wearing the yeah. day that he was arrested, which is kind of like... We should a, set the stage here. Um, the, Jim was his own, uh, decided to be his own attorney. You know the old saying mm-hmm. there, fool for a client, fool for a, an attorney. He did and a great job. He did pretty concerned. good, I'd say. I mean, I'm not... All I, things I, considered. I have some critique, but I wasn't standing up there, and right. that's a hard thing to do. Absolutely. Um, it's always easy to look at and say, oh, I would have done this and I would have yeah, done that. It but. certainly is. I wouldn't have, however, worn the... Baby blue uh, monk outfit with the red sash around your and waist. And a satchel. Yeah, I asked him. Yeah, and the satchel. <laughs> I wonder if he could have brought his sword in because when he was originally arrested, he had a long cardboard sword uh, that he was carrying with him. He kind of just had this outfit that he was wearing. Yeah, yeah. He, he Do you looked, think they would have confiscated the cardboard sword at security? I oh, I you. think they would have definitely had an issue with that. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I, there was an issue when I walked in after uh, I went out for a cigarette during the the jury deliberation, and uh, I basically came back through did my check and then there was an employee basically that came in right after me through the mm-hmm. security checkpoint and uh, he just waved her through and she beeped and all that and i was like well you're not going to check her he's like no she's an employee right i was like well what if i don't feel safe he's like well then you can get out of here like, what? No, I can't. This is the place where the court happens. Uh, you mean there's I, never been? I, like- I was out there waiting for my ride too, and one of the bailiffs was out there, and some guy comes from across the street. Ah, you got your buddies in there, huh? Today, yeah, they're, they're out for deliberation. No, no, no. So he's telling about the about the free stater court case. So these guys talk about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They have no patience for free staters. Zero. Look, we do business the way we do business around here. You don't like the way we do business around here. Get the heck out of here. That's right. That's how they feel. Mm-hmm. They, they are not your servants. No, they're, they're not, not your servants where you live. They're not our servants here where we live. Just watch. They the, don't act like it. <laughs> watch they the video footage. Right. If you don't believe that, if you're kind of still living in this denial that the police are somehow your servants or the government are your servants. I know that's what they tell you when you're growing up. It's nonsense. Just to prove it, you can go and watch the video footage of our friends Pete Nadamo from LibertyOnTour.com when they were arrested also for criminal trespass at a jail in Greenfield, Massachusetts. They actually asked the cops, well, aren't you are supposed to be our servants or you work for me? Don't you work for me? Oh, no, I don't work for you. And, I, you know, basically the cops just tell them straight out on camera that we don't work for you. I work for the sheriff, not you. And the sheriff works for his boss, and yeah. his boss works for his boss. They, they all protect work for the and serve. They protect and serve the government. That's right. You know, if there if there's some kind of big problem, they're not coming to your house to protect you. They're going to the police station or the governor's house or the the mayor's house in order to protect him. 
Yep. They consider them important. You are just the ones that are here. You're, you're the, the cattle, the livestock that they milk for the money. So in this case, well, if you look at the Greenfield case with the, the raw footage there, and I know the Liberty on Tour guys are working on cutting it up into an actual I, I saw the I saw the footage from that camera, but it, not from... The, in, the activist cameras. The yeah. activist camera, uh, there's one of them that's out. That footage is up at freekeen.com, so folks can go there and, and check Excellent. that out. But in that case, at the very least, that cop engaged in conversation with these two. They'd already been told to leave by the jail personnel, but when the cop arrived on the scene as the enforcer of that, he at least engaged in conversation with them and told them, look, you've got to leave. If you don't leave, I'm going to arrest you. And they went through this multiple times because Pete and Adema were not leaving and they were asking questions and trying to talk to this guy about it. And so it, it lasted a, a good 10 minutes of them just kind of going back and forth with this cop basically saying, look, get out of here. We don't I don't want you here, that you've been told to leave, you're going to be arrested. There was a long period of conversation. In our case, in the Trespassive 12 case, in Jim's case, the cops walked up and just arrested everybody. They, they, they never once verified or, or, or said anything to any of us when they arrived on the scene about, okay, guys, you need to get out of here or you're going to be arrested. That never happened. They just walked up like a big gang. They had at least a, a 10 or 12 or 13 cops because they brought in cops from the other areas, the surrounding areas. They brought in a sheriff. They brought in as many people as they could or they brought in a statey, I think. And so they like rounded up their whole gang and just walked right up and arrested us. No, yeah. Not even a word of warning. I think that's that the Keen PD, at least that's their basically their MO now is to simply after we've seen with Pete recently in the courtroom where he didn't take his hat off and he wasn't even told he was under arrest. He wasn't even told basically anything by the police officer. He was just thrown to the floor. It's it's now just arrest him and then drop the charges later. If, right. Just know. just aggress against him. And then yeah. we'll. You know, the courts won't even find us, you know, any sort of wrongdoing because right. we're, we're their protectors. And if you if you don't like it, well, then you can find a lawyer that wants to sue. And we've approached a couple of lawyers and they're basically saying that, that there's not much that they don't they, they think there's probably not much that can be done. There might be a possibility they're looking into it, but it, it certainly didn't sound very, uh, very positive. And they hurt Pete. I mean, they used violence with him, a completely unnecessary force. Anyway, so we're getting off track here. Uh, Jim was in court today, had a great opening uh, statement I thought was really mm. powerful. We've got video footage of it all, but we're talking about hours and hours of courtroom footage. So it's going to take a little while to get that up online. But when it's available, it will be there at freekeen.com. And right now, the case is up in the air. The jury has not made a decision, which is, yep. as far as I'm concerned, a Testimony good sign. Testimony to, uh, you know, how, how Jane... Uh, Jim presented his case. The yeah. fact is that at this point, the jury is hung. Yeah, they uh, deliberated for about an hour and a half today as we stood around and waited around for that. They uh, sent question. Uh, they sent a question out that uh, needed to be answered by the judge the, and the uh, two attorneys, right? Jim and uh, the other fellow. And the question was about what the word personally means, because in the definition of criminal trespass, you have to have it communicated, a warning saying you need to leave or else you'll be arrested that has to be personally communicated to you by someone who's authorized to issue that warning and so the jury was curious as to what personally meant because the state's suggesting that the state uh, prosecutor is suggesting that personally means just someone has to deliver it in person um, but obviously personally sounds like that I need to communicate directly to you, that I need to say, J.J., or look you in the eyes and speak to you right. and say, J.J., you need to get out of this studio right now or you'll be arrested. Uh, that sounds like personal to me. So the judge actually responded to that by saying 
you need to determine what personally means, yep. which I was kind of surprised by because at the last trial, it was a very clear-cut definition from the state, and that is that uh, well, as long as someone's there and utters something, that's personally communicated. <laughs> So we'll see. This is up in the air, and the jury's coming back on Monday morning at 9 a.m. to continue deliberations, so we'll let you know what happens. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from Maine to Hawaii. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website and enjoy the archives right at the top of the page. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download at freetalklive.com. Uh, there at the top, you'll see the last seven days' worth. And then if you click into the archive section, that'll take you all the way back to late 2006. All of it is thanks to HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 templates from which to choose, and it's easy to do. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. If you do, you'll get ninety-nine a 99.9% uptime guarantee, a 45-day money-back guarantee, and 24-7 technical support. Use that portal that we've created for you, hostgator.freetalklive.com, and... You'll get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. To the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Robert listening in Vermont. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live with the Ian, NJJ, and Mark. Hi, Ian. Hi, hey. EJ. Hi, Mark. How are hey. you guys doing? Robert, great. What's on your mind tonight? All right, well, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm glad that we have a, 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 a group of guys like you because I think we really need to have people that will look at things analytically, you know. Thank you. With all the issues that's going on in this world. But anyways... I want to apologize and say that I'm a little ignorant about what I want to talk about, and I apologize for that. But, you know, the other day I was I was on the Internet, and I was on a local TV station, and they were doing a, a poll on 25 of the countries around the world that use the most oil per day. And I knew that the United States was going to be first place. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But what I didn't know was that the United States uses almost 19 million barrels a day. That's I, a lot of oil. I, yeah, I, I got to say, I you know, once you start getting into numbers like that, it, it gets uh, hard difficult. hard to conceptualize. Yeah, hard to conceptualize. I would, sus- I would suspect a better way to uh, phrase it, and I don't know if they did on this show or not, or on the Internet, um, would be to compare it to the next top two or three people. I mean, how, how do we use more oil than, say, the next four people? consumers or what well one thing one thing i think we need to talk about is the difference between the oil used in the private sector and the oil used by the state the government and with with you know 130 odd military bases around the world you have a lot of military oil 700 military bases in 130 countries yeah Yeah. so you have you know 700 800 military bases whatever it is now 
using oil for all their patrol vehicles, for all their aircraft, for all their supply deliveries, all of their uh, basically moving people around, moving supplies around, moving troops and uh, going to the next base and whatnot. So you have the big usage, I think, is in the government sector. Because not only that, but you have government cars, you have government um, shipping, mm-hmm. you have you have government uh, surplus and that this... Planes, trains, and automobiles. Exactly. You ha- The private sector, they're going to minimize their oil usage to be profitable. They're going to do whatever they can in some cases, like uh, UPS only turns right because they found that they use less gasoline or less diesel in their really? trucks. They only turn right if they can help it. Wow, that's interesting. They, so they use turn left at some well, point. Any, anyway, what I, what, in viewing this and looking at this, okay, I mean, that's crazy, okay? And, you know, within the next couple of years, you know, whether people want to accept it or not, you know, gas is going up to 5 6 $7 a gallon. Yep. With Certainly. that being said... Okay, I know that we have the technology out there to be able to, you know, take hemp and marijuana and refine it and turn it into a gas and, and oil and heating oil and stuff like yep. that. You Marijuana, know, uh, hemp, what, what hemp is, oil could what be. What is it going to take to convince people that, hey, you know, this is an alternative as opposed to, you know, buying oil from another country. That's a good question, Robert. I mean, really, what is it going to take to convince people that marijuana can be used to help uh, sick people? I mean, even that you know is it, difficult to achieve. You know what it takes? And in most cases, it takes pain, suffering. The person who says, you know, there's a person who all their life, and marijuana is bad, marijuana is bad, and then they develop multiple sclerosis or mm. whatever. And the next thing you know, they're like, well, let me just try it and see how I feel. Oh, my God, I can eat food again. Oh, I can, you know, walk. I, well, obviously, you can't walk. But, Boy, was I wrong. You know, and, and that's what it takes. Well, in many cases, they people have to suffer before they give up this this culture of it, convenience. It's not so much of, of the fact of that, okay, so people use it to get high with. Big deal. Yeah. Okay, but the thing of it is, is that you can make clothes with this. We can make paper. Uh, well, there's a, to some there's a difference between oily. hemp and marijuana, though. That's true. There is a difference. Yeah, but um, they can't figure. <laughs> Once you legalize hemp, there'll be so much of this uh, this plant out there with the five fingers. The cops won't be able to tell the difference. Right. Hey, thanks, Robert, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a it's a good question. What is it going to take? Well, I think JJ, you're right from one perspective that that's how you can that's how some people can come to the conclusions that we're looking for them to come to. But also, popular culture can influence things, and I think that certainly statistics have shown that the younger generations are much more amicable towards the ideas of legalizing right. can- cannabis and so that helps like as younger people will get older they'll be able to change things change the system uh, because unfortunately the system needs to be changed in order for this to be allowed what to flourish what baffles me is the, uh, the these the baby boomers who smoked pot in their youth so many yeah. of them have become rigid on it. Well, it, not only that, but gasoline is the same thing. Baby boomers who back in the day were riding in hot rods that had 450 horsepower and this, you know, this quad, um, you know, barrel injectors. And, yep. and, I mean, they they basically guzzled gas for, you know, it was back when it was 50 cents a gallon. Sure. They didn't care. And and the, the culture back then was make the biggest, baddest car you can and, and have it, you know, pump the most horsepower down the road and peel your tires out. And nowadays, obviously, the culture has changed. Be more economical. You have the Prius, you have the hybrid cards, and that sort. But that 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 generation is still very much a part of our, I guess, 
culture still, and so they still have a lot of say in what what goes on because they do go to the the uh, the voting booths and, and the right. kids the kids realize voting doesn't fix anything. They, they a lot of the young people nowadays they don't want to get involved in politics because they realize it's it's a waste of their time. Well, for the most part, it is, but I don't know if I agree with that statement in general, JJ. I mean, we've seen here in New Hampshire how the political process has allowed change to occur in a positive, more liberty-oriented direction, and we're only just beginning to see that. It was, what, earlier this week that Dennis Goddard called from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance to announce that all kinds of bills that were very pro-liberty have passed the New Hampshire State House. Now, they haven't been signed into law yet, uh, but some of them, like the marijuana, speaking of marijuana, right. uh, the next day after we talked to Dennis, he had and called back on this, and we haven't announced it yet. But medical marijuana has passed the New Hampshire State House with a, what they call a veto-proof margin. So it's impossible for the governor to veto this, but only if the Senate also passes it with a veto-proof margin. Right. So right now we're still waiting to see what happens with the Senate. But that's a good sign that the it House is, would would New, overwhelmingly pass something. Sure, like but that. New Hampshire is an exception in in this regard sure. because of this community we've fostered. Well, it's going to have to be the exception the, right. to, to answer Robert's question. How are we going to get to this point where okay. people can accept the idea of hemp as oil or hemp as legalization or marijuana or whatever? How are we going to get to that point? You, you're going to have to have the exception. And the only way to get to having that exception is to have a deliberate intention on individuals' parts to come here to New Hampshire, if they love freedom and liberty and they want to do something about it, to come here and to get active for liberty. That's the only way that it's going to change because we can't wait long enough for everyone to get multiple sclerosis right. and dis- discover for themselves that it's a bad idea to prevent people from getting the I medicine agree. they need. I agree. I, but I, I also see the disenfranchisement of, of so many of the youth where they're, they're not only not caring about what's going on, they're, they're specifically distracting themselves. Whether it But be, what's new? That's been going on for a certainly, long time. Certainly it has. But it's become easier to distract yourself, I think, with the, the advent of technology. It's also become easier to become informed. You know, mm-hmm. it's the double-edged sword. Both of those. You can sit there on World of Warcraft and bury your life True. for weeks on end. Well, I'll take that sword because from what I've seen, it appears that the other edge has been very effective in that the ideas of liberty are spreading at a more rapid rate now than ever in the past. Uh, Free Talk Live is more successful than ever in the past, and this show would have been impossible with, without the Internet. Our success would not have been – wouldn't even been a – an option to no. succeed without the internet. So we're seeing that change happen. Unfortunately, it's still going to be slow coming. Uh, more coming up. You can take control. Bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features there for free. If you enjoy this program and you'd like to support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done through our affiliate links for Amazon. We've got them there. You just click on the appropriate Country uh, in which you would like to shop, 
and then order whatever it is you need. They've got dozens of categories and probably thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of items. It's Amazon. They're huge, and they've got great deals on both the products and the shipping. In many cases, free Super Saver shipping is available on brand new products. So go and get the details. Get uh, get your shopping done through our website links on shop dot freetalklive.com as we continue joining you tonight it's ian jj and mark also want to invite you to pork fest it's coming up this summer we were just talking about the free state project how if you want to see change in your lifetime you have to actually do something about it that's you, right you actually have to step up and and work toward it and and more importantly join together with others who are of like mind get together Make a, uh, a choice to be with people that are already on board with the ideas of liberty and, and therefore making the ideas more prolific within that area of the world, specifically here in New Hampshire. So having a higher concentration of individuals in that in one particular geographic area will help get the ideas of liberty out more effectively. It'll make it so more activism is possible. I mean, we were just out at this court trial today for one of our friends, another free stater, Jim Johnson, and there were 18 people there at one point. Now, it, was, it lasted all day, but a good portion of the day, a good almost the whole time, there were people there the entire day like I was. I mean, to have that kind seats of— seats were full in the gallery. Right. To have that kind of level of support is incredible. Right. And also the collaboration with things that don't involve, obviously, sitting in a courtroom, but finding finding someone to work with you on a project or to help you carry an idea. Now, obviously, if you have an idea and you want this idea to happen, you need to step forward and make it happen. That's right. But you can always get other people to help you, whether it's... Um, if you're here, you can, typically. Right, right. That's but right. if you're if, if where you, you are, maybe not. Yeah, you might find one, one person that might be interested part-time to help you. But here, there are so many options as far as helpful individuals that that really believe in your idea or believe in you and so they're going to go ahead and and do whatever it is that needs to be done because they want to see something happen. So come and meet hundreds of these like-minded people. They're going to be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We will be there as well. JJ, JJ are you going this year? Of yes. course you are. Oh, yeah. You're actually doing the musical thing. You're you're putting together the band list. Yep. Uh, basically. So there's uh, there's going to be live music. There's going to be family fun. All kinds of outdoorsy things. It's camping. We're going to be in the White Mountains of New Hampshire at Rogers Campground. Incredibly beautiful scenery. But the most beautiful part is that you get to hang out with people who <laughs> understand what freedom means and who are willing to do something about it. So come up, join the fun at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Go to porkfest.com, get registered there. P O R C is in Porcupine. Porkfest.com. Use our discount code Free Talk Live, which is all run together as one word. Uh, so take the spaces out. Use the code Free Talk Live to get 20% off your early bird registration at porkfest.com. As we go to Michael listening, or Michelle, I'm not sure which, in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, it's Michael Isley. Hey Michael, what's on your mind tonight? All right, so voluntary society, you're telling me that we're probably not going to have intellectual property laws, but here's my thing. I feel like a corporation is not going to quite give up on making this kind of stuff property, and I guess we can agree on this. If someone is willing to sign a contract to become a slave in a free society, the contract overrules, I guess, ethics, correct? I would think that, you know, I have a real problem with this idea that one might be able to sign away one's entire future as though, um, you know, one could reasonably say that, uh, yes, they know what they're going to be thinking in five years or ten years. However... I would say that that comes with freedom, that that freedom comes with the, the freedom to make really bad mistakes. Well, don't we also have partial slavery right now? I mean, those 
those people who are working in the federal prison system and are making products in these private yeah. prisons for what pennies pennies a look on at, a day well look at people that join the military i mean they're making less than a minimum wage well they're and, not they're not incarcerated uh, well you can't leave that's yes true. they are incarcerated I, okay yeah i guess i guess you got me there mark well, those are both good examples but how about this i know we've talked about this it's, it's been a while though so we have discussed this in the past uh but how about the idea of somebody who like why would you want to sign yourself into slavery there'd have to be some kind of incentive so Big one of the, incentive right one of the stories around this uh, could be that if you get into like for instance if your credit sucks uh you've you've reneged on some agreements in the past you've you've you know, not paid back your debts, and so your credit score goes in the tank. One of the ways you might be able to get that credit score back up is by being willing to indenture yourself as a possible punishment for if you renege on another agreement. So, like, if you come into a bank and the bank looks at your credit score, you want a loan for a car, and the bank says, nah, look, Mark, you know, you, you screwed over. You don't over. pay loans. <laughs> right. You screwed over these last uh, banks, so we're not really wanting but to I'll take this. But I'll pay this one. I promise I'll pay this one. Tell you what. We'll give you this loan, but you're going to have to agree to indenture yourself to us for five years if you don't pay it back. Well, that's fine. I just had some bad breaks in the past, and I know that I can make this one right. So I'll go ahead and sign this uh, thing that'll get me a, a a car that I want, and and I'll I'll give up the opportunity. You know, maybe I'll have to go in indentured servitude for five years. If if somebody's willing to do that, then that would make sense to me. I mean, that's their option. It would be one way for them to guarantee their services to that uh, creditor in the absence, or you know, in the effect or the. It's essentially what a they... credit card is today. I mean, when. when you take a loan for a certain amount and then you you know put it at 20% or something like that and you say you're going to pay that back in the future you pay that back with labor anyway so uh michael's that makes sense so i guess what i wanted to say is we have we essentially in a free society you could sign off on anything well in the event with intellectual property i feel like a corporation not going to want to give up say some sort of tool that they made and say everyone really wants to have this tool. Well, by opening up the box, you agree to everything in the box, which includes not using the idea on the box to make, you know, another product. And if you do, then they can sue you. So I understand this current system is horrible. I'm an ANCAP myself. And I just, I kind of just want to point out the flaw that like, I've been told ANCAP is pretty much a utopia. And I kind of want to hear what uh, a, a volunteer's response to that is. Well, there's no such thing as a utopia. We're human okay. beings, and human beings make mistakes. They do bad things, and they're real. It's a reality. So there's no such thing as utopia. Don't ever believe that. Right, and I think that this uh, the idea that uh, the commerce will stop if we don't have uh, intellectual property is really fallacious because you can take a look at historical examples from around the world and from the United States, and you can see that that statement is simply fallacious. Um, I think that there's some good arguments to be made for uh, you know that that people have a difficult time with the ideas of say drugs and uh, blockbuster movies. Those are probably the two areas where people get stuck on this the most. But I, I'd say that this that you know, there's sort of a user agreement when you open the box the same way you have to click that little thing on That's the internet. nonsense. It's nonsense. That's not because a contract. If, if Ian buys it, this tool that you're talking about, opens it up in the box, and then I come to his house and I say, hey, can I check out the tool? And then I, you know, 
look at Ian's tool and inspect Ian's tool and turn right. it over and, and you know, like get all the ideas and then, <laughs> then I'm responsible for that right I mean, then some on. right some and then Ridiculous. I decide I'm going to make I'm going to make a reproduction of Ian's tool or maybe I like so- Ian's tool so much that uh, I go ahead and do this uh, have I violated any contract I guess maybe in that case, contract says if you show it to someone, they must also agree to that. That's ludicrous. I, mean, I, I guess. Good luck enforcing you know, that. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, but even in that case, I mean, according to the contract that was used, it would legitimately have to be enforced. And which it's is not why a contract, kind of though. You, you're not that, signing oh, a contract by opening it. a box. That's not. It's not a signed agreement. That's not a. It's no. not a meeting of the minds. You can't hold. It's someone, unilateral. You can't hold someone else responsible for it when you open the box. Yes, you can say that the person who purchased it, with the purchasing of this, uh, agrees to all your little stipulations. But you're never going to get that genie back in the bottle. It's not possible. Yeah. Here's some ideas on drugs because this seems to be one of the ones that people are very concerned with: uh, prescription drugs or what w- would be considered pre- prescription drugs in this world. Is that they currently do trials. Um, right now for prescription drugs. They take people, people have to go to doctor's offices in order to get these things administered. If you come up with the cure for cancer and you're afraid that it, it's so easy, you don't want anybody else to be able to duplicate it, you just have your clinics that you set up all over the world where people can come and get the the uh, the three shots that they need, every uh, the, the shot they need every 30 days for, you know, over a series of three. And uh, you give administer the shots and nobody can ever take it away well, then you can probably get away with doing this for a period of time. Well, and Dr. Mary Ruart, uh, who has had experience in the, the medical right. industry. The person who comes first to market, no matter what it is, is the person who's going to make money. She points out that it is completely unnecessary to have these intellectual property rules. And indeed, intellectual property actually hinders the product development rather than, than helps it. And thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And as far as other things like songs and other property Uh, creative works. We've seen examples of that working in the free market. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, and bring up anything at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. We're launching into the second hour of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. As we continue, we'll take your phone calls about anything. Lewis is in Maine. Lewis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yes, sir. I was listening, and one of you, I think it was you, uh, said you were talking about your friend's trial, Mr. Johnson. Mm -hmm. And uh, you said that the uh, jury uh, sent out a question to the judge asking for clarification of the word personally. Mm -hmm. And I think you said that the judge responded with that they, the jury, had to make up their own mind as to what personally meant. That's correct. if that's correct, okay. Then I was wondering, would the defendant get the same right? And if the defendant didn't feel that the police complied with procedural law by fulfilling his, Mr. Johnson's own definition of what being personally informed of 
um, uh, what was the what was he charged with? Criminal uh, trespass is the context trespass. there, where he was supposed so, to be personally informed that he needed to leave. Right. So if the police didn't comply, in his mind, didn't comply with procedural law, it seems like we have a reasonable doubt as to whether um, um, uh, Mr. Johnson is guilty. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this really all hinges on reasonable doubt. And the judge did surprisingly a very good job. I mean, I, 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 I tend to be somewhat jaded about jury trials, but I felt that this judge did a good job with the jury instruction. He said the word personally about six times, made it clear what reasonable doubt was, went over and over. That reasonable doubt isn't what you think happened. Reasonable doubt is what may have happened and that a reasonable person could assume or whatever. And I, you know, I, I obviously don't have the verbiage in front of me, but I was impressed with it with what it was, and I think you're absolutely right. It hinges on reasonable doubt. From what I from what I kind of saw, the the judge definitely respects the jury. I I don't know, you know what's the uh, what his his thoughts were about Jim or any like anything like that. He did act respectful. There was some things going on there that were sort of well, how whenever we go into a courtroom. There's there's usually a person who's got a hat on, and uh, in this case... There were three today. Yeah, and in this case, it wasn't a big deal. Unlike the district court, where people get thrown to the floor for wearing a hat, mm-hmm. here in the superior court, they're okay with it. Once they uh, they try to ask you to take it off, and then uh, they basically accepted the fact that people aren't going to take their hat off because there's no sense in... I mean, there's no law, for one, and two... It's it's winter here in New Hampshire, so it was not winter in that courtroom. No. It was hot in that courtroom. Yes, it was actually. <laughs> that's why I ended up taking mine off eventually. But it, it that's another thing that, to think about is the the playground in the Superior Court is much different than the District Court where uh, you know Burke basically yep. has his tyrannical way. He he just basically wants to put people in cages. Burke and collect, is the judge in District Court in Keene. Yeah, and collect the revenue. I mean, that's basically all it is. So I I do have. I guess more faith in a jury system than a judge and a, you know a state employee basically deciding on what's going to happen. Your odds are better. Yeah. I mean, you've got twelve people deciding instead of one state employee. Right, Lewis. Other thoughts? Uh, yes. Well, I I think you know um, maybe even if the jury comes back with an undesirable verdict, you might have a point on appeal if the judge again if the police violate a procedural law by not. Uh, fulfilling what the defendant's definition of being personally informed of criminal trespass was, then not only uh, that, not only a, that, it, but yeah, it, I think your point is true, it, no, right? There's no doubt about that, but I think also the, there's a good question as to whether or not it was even a lawful order to leave in the first place, because. Yes, if it's public property, and the funny thing is they were claiming it was private property during the trial, and, yeah. and that was one of the things that I think uh, Jim didn't really address, because I would have been yeah. very curious to know who's the owner of this private property if it's private property. Yes, may um, I make one other quick yes, point? Yes, sir. Um, I just, I, I, I hear what you're all saying, and I, I mean, you would think that the police would say, hey, look at this human being here trying to change the system nonviolently. They're not trying to leave my five-year-old son and three-year-old daughter without their papa. I'm going to treat this man with gentleness and care. I'm going to make sure his head doesn't get slammed into the cement. I'm going to make sure the cruiser door or the side of the cruiser doesn't come in contact with his head. And I'm going to make sure no billy clubs come in contact with his head because he's doing it nonviolently. He's not physically threatening me and thereby, uh, you know, endangering the you know my family my yeah you'd think that you'd definitely think that but at the same time what they are encountering is 
a sort of challenge to their authority. Yep. Right, a and, pesky fly. Well, no, no, no. It's more than that because well, the authority yes, I, is the right. the authority is the foundation of their entire job, if you will, their entire badge wearing, gun toting, um, uniform wearing job is the authority to have more rights than you to have more ability than you, to be a better person than you, a, a, a different class of person. And once you challenge that authority, they take exception very quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, they didn't bang his head in anything when they no, were or, or yeah. any of us. But, but J.J.'s absolutely right. They're very upset at the fact that the people that are coming here, a lot of them for the Free State Project, some of them right. respect the system, a lot of them do, but a number of us are in no way uh, respecting towards what these people are doing. They're hurting people. They're, they're hurting yeah. peaceful people, and they don't need to do it. As I pointed right. out earlier, they yeah. could have de-escalated this situation. And thanks, by the way, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. They could have de-escalated this situation. On the stand, the police sergeant who was in charge of this operation that made the arrests, uh, the, a dozen people, again, arrested just to bring you up to speed, a dozen people arrested for so-called criminal trespass at the jail here for basically engaging in a protest. Uh, this sergeant gets up on the stand and he's talking about how, well, it's not his job to warn you. It's not his job to tell you to leave. It's his job to enforce the law. And I think that really is an example of how screwed, one of the ways how screwed up this system is. Instead of trying to de-escalate a situation, instead of trying to resolve things peacefully, this man and his agents showed up and escalated that situation by immediately making arrests without saying one word. The first words out of this man's right. mouth to the group of 12 activists that were arrested was, you're under arrest. Right. And in, under any other circumstances, if this had not been some state employee with a badge, then they would have gone ahead and given the, the, the order themselves. So if I'm at your house, I'm sitting on the lawn, I say, I'm not leaving! And you say, well, get off, get off. And finally you call the cops. The cops are going to say, get off the lawn. Right. And then at that point, I can obey or disobey the order. Right. But uh, we you know with the cop, and the cop will know. Look, this guy's disobeyed the order. This guy shows up woo, in his little uh, flashy car with the the neat gumballs on top, and he listens to what the bureaucrat says. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this bureaucrat doesn't have arrest powers or didn't wish to use them. I they, don't think they can arrest. They chose not to do them. So you know, he listens to the. Bu- he's not a cop. He's a bureaucrat. He's so, a CEO, corrections officer. Whatever. Um, he listen. He listens to the guy's story. Turns around, starts arresting people. Yeah, he didn't do what he would have done for other people. He won. Because we are the goes to show that there is a difference. Yes, it's because we're activists. It's because we are are challenging the system, and they're they're sick of it. They don't know what to do, and all they have, the only tool they have in their inventory, is violence. And so that's what they turn towards. When and when he could have just simply approached and said, "Look, guys, you've been told to leave, exactly. and now I'm telling you to leave, or else you're going to be arrested." We were already on our way out in that particular case. We would have left. It would not have been a problem. And they wouldn't have had to done any of the paperwork. They wouldn't have had to deal with any All of that. All the tax dollars. There were 12 people arrested. All the they, they, they brought in how many? Almost 20 cops? Cops from other areas. Right. In fact, Took all the protection from all the citizens at that time. Do you remember it was during that? Uh, situation. The next day, the newspaper in the area reported that because of this uh, police drain on the police resources that they chose, of course, we get the blame for it. It's all the free state's fault for going and doing this. No, no, it's the police's fault from responding in the way they responded. 
So the the claim was that, well, because all of the Keene cops were out of Keene, they had to actually call in a, a cop from another nearby town to respond to a hit-and-run accident that happened right in downtown Keene. Right, they right. couldn't so, respond to real crimes. They could have had one officer show up and been like, just like you had said, listen, guys, you're going to be arrested if you don't leave right now. And then people would have been like, they would have to make that decision for themselves, each individual. Well, do I actually want to get arrested? And and to be honest, I was there. I left uh, before all this, this the arrest happened. Uh, and people, a lot of people didn't want to get arrested. We had just finished our free Keen Festival, and we were all in good spirits. We were ready to go to dinner, I think. Yeah, we were actually ready to go to dinner and just have a good time. But no, they decided they're all jacked up coming into that parking lot. We're going to crack some heads and take some names. And now they spent an entire business day dealing with one of these trials. They spent all day on this one trespassing trial. Imagine if we brought a bunch of cases to trial and really loaded up their system. More yep. coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. They can't afford this. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us uh, again at freetalklive.com and enjoy stuff like our news updates. Get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. You can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook. It's all there and it's all free. News.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism and public policy. It's public policy organizations are in Washington, D.C. and around the United States. They can place you in all of these. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. Not only will they pay you, they'll put you up, they'll train you. Uh, it's an excellent opportunity for somebody who's in college. It certainly beats whatever you're going to do for a summer job. And imagine putting on your resume things like ABC's 2020, The Financial Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, The Economist, Cato Institute, and more. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. Sign up there to receive updates and reminders, libertarianinternships.com. All right, let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Leo's listening in Rhode Island. Leo, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, how are you doing today? Hey, great, Leo. What's on your mind? Yeah, down here in Rhode Island, uh, just after the uh, tsunami and all the radiation there, everybody around here has been looking for a potassium iodine, and there's none to be found anywhere. And I've heard from the inside that they're being told not to give it out. Well, you're actually potassium iodine. Yes, it is helpful to take it before you get exposed to radioactive, uh, whatever, whatever toxicity. But the problem with potassium iodine is that it does affect your 
your heart rate. It does affect your body, and people, certain people shouldn't be taking it just in general, okay? You're better off getting that, that potassium iodine sort of supplement from kelp. If you, yeah, if you, right, right. I if, hear you there, but up here in Rhode Island, we're like really surrounded by nuclear power plants. You would think that we would have some on reserve around here. Well, you're also right next to the ocean where kelp is generally found. So you should yeah. be able to find some some local, um, I don't know, some local health food store that sells kelp in bags, and you can just put that in your food and eat it like spinach or lettuce, and you'll get that supplement in a dosage that won't generally harm you. And at the same time, you'll have other you know beneficial effects of, of eating a good green leafy substance. So it's it's yeah. not potassium iodine is not the the panacea that it's made out to be. It can it can cause harm in certain individuals and in certain sort of uh, health and lifestyles. Honestly, I haven't been following this uh, particularly closely. Is anybody really frightened by this whole? Oh, there, there's plume definitely thing? a plume of radioactive cloud yeah, of waste that is coming towards the United States. Yeah, in Rhode Island, there's uh, quite a few people concerned, and we're on the opposite coast here. Right, right. But you, you're more concerned about your local nuclear plants, isn't that right? Yeah, that's true, too. And, uh, you know, we got one just up the upper bay here, and uh, the wind's always blowing from that way, and the thing is like 40 years old itself. Well, there hasn't been a problem with it, so I'm sure you're fine uh, with, with that. But this, this plume, I mean... I think it's a good idea to eat kelp in general. Yeah. Definitely. Have you, have you started eating kelp? I ha- I've eaten kelp for years. Really? Mm-hmm. When's the last time you ate some? Uh, yesterday. Really? There you go. How about that? All right. Well, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind as we continue here. Let's talk to Miguel listening in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Miguel. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. How are you doing this evening? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I was listening to your talk to, I believe his name was Leo, and you said that the potassium iodine may actually cause negative effects in certain people, and the best way to get it would be sea kelp. Um, we do take a uh, multivitamin as it is now that has sea kelp. What would be a good suggested uh, dosage to take if you're trying to protect yourself from radioactive fallout since we do live on the West Coast? Well, I believe that they're covering up the information of how much or what exactly uh, is being spewed into the air. That's And that's certainly true. As, as we found with the Japanese media, the, the disparity between what their, their local media was saying and what the international media was saying was great. The, the government is going to cover up whatever they can. As far as dosage goes, I'm, I'm not a health food expert. I can't give you that sort of information. What I would say is that it, also, it depends on, one, your... Your body size, it depends on your metabolism, it depends on your age. So there's okay. a lot of things. It's also hard to overdose on food, So and kelp exactly. is just food. Yeah, I think if you include kelp in one daily meal or, or every other daily meal, um, you know, every other day, I think that would be safe, but I think you're better yeah. off asking someone at like a GNC or someone who, well, maybe not them, but, but maybe a doctor or someone who has some more knowledge than I do. I, I just know that it's beneficial and that okay. it's a... It's a good supplement. Do you guys think that us out here on the West Coast are in that much danger? We are somewhat north. We're 30 minutes from the Vancouver border. 
so I don't know from what I have no do. idea. You're talking about 5,400 yeah. miles. Um, I mean, it's a long way, and there's a yeah. lot of room for dilution um, in 5,400 miles. Exactly. I don't know that I'd, yeah. I, I don't think that you have anything to worry about. But what you're talking to is, you know, some talk, talk show, show host, host has no uh, experience in this. Right. All I do is rock yeah. and watch the news. Well, from what yeah. I've from what I've watched the news, and I've been paying attention to this closely, um, and watching not American news channels, but I watch news channels that are outside the United States because they they usually present a better picture in my my estimate. But True. what I what I've sort of gleaned from the uh, the conversations that I've watched has been that as long as the exposure to radiation isn't constant. That actually, oh, yeah. what they've found is that minor exposure, exposure here and there, is actually good because it it causes your body to create an immune response, mm-hmm. and oh. and it actually does it. It sort of strengthens your body if you get exposed every once in a while, and with with the air moving as it is, this plume isn't isn't a huge plume. It's not like a bomb went off. It's okay. it's not like that. It, what it is is more like uh, a smoky cloud. That's okay. going to be dispersed by the time it gets to the West Coast. It's going to be pr- fairly minor, and and if it isn't yeah. minor, you we will know about it. You will hear yeah. the the, uh, the siren sound, or just look for the third arm coming from your yeah. belly. <laughs> yeah. I so that, I would thanks for taking my call. You guys have a good evening. Yeah, thanks Take for the care, call, man. man. I mean, I'm sorry we can't give you more accurate information. Like Mark said, we're talk show hosts. I mean, JJ, you've been doing a lot of research, and that's helpful. I'm glad you have because I'm totally in the dark. I don't know what the hell's going. I hear there's this plume, and I figure, I figure, like you say, it's going to be incredibly diluted. The parts per million right. going to be very, very low if you even encounter it. It's a big deal, but I feel the news is spending a lot more time on this and not what's going on with Gaddafi and, uh, and yeah, yeah, that's true. Folks. That I is mean, true. I, I think if this plume continues, like if this if it goes on for, say, six months and it's constantly raining uh, radioactive material on the West Coast, sure, you might have an effect. Definitely. It's the overtime effect. But right now, in the in the meantime, you, you don't have a lot to worry about. That doesn't mean you can't prepare and it doesn't mean you can't learn about it and do some research and find out for yourself. But you shouldn't be panicking just yet. 1-800-259-9231. And that is one thing that the news media does, is it gloms on to scary stuff and works people up when maybe it's not as scary as they would suggest it is. Maybe they just want you to hold through a commercial break. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, bring up whatever you want. That is the point of this program. You can also, again, freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there, so head on over and visit that at shrine.freetalklive.com. If you are a lady listener of the show, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. It's dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program, shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI, they're one of the... Uh main sponsors of Free Talk Live. They've been doing it for a very long time, and we really appreciate the the principal over there, Jason Osborne. He's awesome. Yep, big supporter of Liberty, awesome guy. And if you have a company that you need to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can do that for you. 
Find out more. Go to their banner. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page at freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls. Jacob, listening in Maryland, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Um, hey. Hey, Jacob. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I was just wondering. Um, I was just thinking about the recent action by the U.S. that voted on the no-fly zone um, in the U.N. Very, and, very recent. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was just thinking that don't you think it was a little dishonest the Obama administration not be forthright with their position on the no-fly zone from the very beginning. Can you inform me a little better on this? Because I don't know what uh, what it is you're referring to. Um, because like Robert Gates was saying earlier on, that like, um, they, do we really need another war? Like, they were, some people were asking them. I don't think they were clear that they were... We're we talking about Libya here. Yes, I mean, yes. Yeah. Fill me part in. Of the, I, part of the idea is this: is that the the no-fly zone would require military involvement for one, and if our plane gets shot down and there's a man behind enemy lines, well, then it's then the ground troops have to get involved. And next thing you know, it's a declaration of war. Right. So it, we're saying there's a no-fly zone over Libya. I mean, I'm, a, I'm totally in the dark. The, the UN has voted, um, as I understand, to institute a no-fly zone over Libya. Got it. And the France, Great Britain, and the United States are the main proponents of this, the Security Council. And it would be enforced by the U.S. military is what you're saying. And, and among others. So what's the question? I'm sorry. I was just wondering, because I don't think that during the whole debate that the Obama administration made it clear what their position on it was. Well, politicians don't make any, any position clear until they actually act or make a decision. No, uh, I know that. I'm not naive. No, but. right, right. But that's that's... That's part of their strategy. Uh, here's the thing. The, the Libyan people, they, they call for a no-fly zone, but they don't want any involvement. They don't want any foreign intrusion into their affairs. So it's kind of hypocritical for them to say that. You see, on one hand, they're saying, don't get involved. And on the other hand, they're saying, get involved, but only in the sky. So I think, every, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy here. I think the Libyan... You know, the Libyan people are getting bombed by, by their own jets, their own right. meant-to-protect-their-country jets... And it's it's tragic, it's terrible, and and I don't I condemn it with with all my effort. But at the same time, I think that the the forces in northern Africa and the the Arabian Peninsula and the whole that that whole area, I think they can do a better job of providing that no fly zone than America, who's who's basically been has the stigma of getting involved into protracted conflicts and staying around like uh, vis-a-vis Iraq or so Afghanistan. You think it should be regional. I think I think regional, right? I think it's like if you're if your neighbor, your neighborhood is fine, you're in a suburb, but the next suburb over has some problems, well, you know, Those rather affect you. R- rather than, you know, the state five, you know, five states away coming and helping out your suburb, why don't you go and help out your suburb? Because and I don't think that the U.S. government even understands Libya, or anyone in the army understands them. Do they? Does well, any, do we have any experts? Well, you in the have army? to. You have to keep in mind that Libya's oil makes a lot of money for people in Europe. Seventy-nine percent right. of the oil coming from Libya goes to European countries, so they have a very vested interest in keeping Libyan oil flowing. So, there, you know that that sort of conundrum is is happening, which is why there's a lot of support in some countries for a no-fly zone. And then the other countries are like, well, we kind of like the deal we're getting right now. So it's it's a big mess. Really, it is. Well, one thing's for sure. There wouldn't be a no-fly zone if there wasn't for the light, sweet crude oil that's uh, yeah. flowing underneath uh, Libya, I, I think, is probably the issue. 
Jacob, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. According to Reuters, uh, it's the top story at Drudge Report right now. And Drudge uh, summarizes it as UN authorizes military strikes on Libya. And as far as what Jacob said about the U.S. kind of beating around the bush, that's what it sounds like here uh, from this story. U.S. military official... So while the United States co-sponsored this resolution, U.S. military official says there are no immediate U.S. plans for action following the vote. Of course, that's meaningless. I mean, that statement means that they could start action tomorrow, but not right after the vote. So there's certainly nothing definite coming from the military on this. Yeah, you know, I don't support any war being done in my name, but what's going on over in Libya is crazy awful and reprehensible i mean i i i don't want Gaddafi to beat those rebels and it appears as though he is sort of like a, a, a ideological genocide you know the rebels don't agree with the government the government kills all those people who don't agree with it it's basically like that i i personally i would support someone putting up a no-fly zone over that that area just to stop the the rampant killings and the bombings of not only are they bombing the rebels themselves, but they're also bombing the water plants that supply hospitals and you know normal people. So they're they're bombing infrastructure of their own country to harm the rebels. The man's crazy. I mean, there's oh yeah, there's no he'll, doubt about he'll it. do anything to retain power. If that means wiping out half of his civilian population, he doesn't care. If that means blowing up every oil field, he doesn't care. He will do what it takes to retain power. The he, answer to me is to open your borders and let those people come here. Let as many refugees get out as they possibly can. Help them get out and get them to a safer place. And then, you know, if he wants to have his little fiefdom, get the people out that want to be out. That's, if, the, that's the most peaceful way, I think, to approach yeah, this. Yeah, I, I don't see a peaceful solution to this at all. There's there's basically, from the, the fighting that's gone on, and the rebels have lost ground recently with the retaking of some coastal cities, and uh, I think that, that no matter what happens, Libya is going to be a violent cauldron of, of hate, at least for mm-hmm. the near future. So... I- you know what about uh, this it's funny right this this term peace what does this mean um i i'm for peace but i also think that a man should be able to protect himself and his family if that's what it comes down to so i wouldn't be against giving money to an organization that wants to put weapons in the hands of people that wish mm-hmm. to protect themselves i don't have a problem with that i do have a problem with this uh with with, with it being uh you know, a war being perpetrated in my name with my money, whether Without I like consent. it or not. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's what I've got a problem with. However, I've, <laughs> this is kind of like the uh, the Persian Gulf situation in 1991, uh, not Persian Gulf, but the Iraq War uh, one desert storm. Pretty, you know, it's it's a war that's hard not to get behind. There was the aggression from uh, Saddam Hussein and the people from Kuwait were liberated and George Bush I did not go after them. I mean, there was some some rhetoric that caused the Kurds to uh, rise up and in revolt and then Bush didn't back them. I thought that was kind of bad. But, I, you know, I, this this kind of thing leaves me really in a, in a quandary. I think it, there's a niche here that's that's been exposed for a private defense agency, right? Some if business. Blackwater was released like a like a pit bull off the chain, and they could be hired by the 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 rebels. Oh my God, it would be a completely different war. Right, right, exactly. And in that way, the there's no state behind it. There's no coercion for the tax money, and there's mm. no people being commanded to go and do this because you're under orders. It's more of a private affair where yes, we have a contract. We're going to defend you. 
And, you know, if we suffer this much losses, well, then we're going to pull out. If, if not, blah, blah, blah. But at that point, it's a private affair between the people, the rebels in, in Libya and this private business. And I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. Your thoughts are welcome. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Coming up here, uh, the story about the mom apparently losing her baby due to refusing a C-section. We'll explain that here in a bit. Also, an update on the Alaska militia guys that have been arrested and some of the allegations surrounding what they've said. And we talked about how violence is not the solution. Well, these guys apparently had the real wrong idea. They, uh, some of the things they said were absolutely, allegedly said, uh, were pretty twisted. We'll share them with you. Coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Live, you can dial in toll free and bring up anything you want. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. Uh, inviting you to our website. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And it's a simple concept. You send in three bucks a month with any major credit card or PayPal. You can uh, send that in. We'll take it. We'll take it and reinvest it into the show. We'll get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll find out about the perks you get too as an amplifier. You get access to the amp only call in lines, the amp only forum podcast, and more. Get the details. Use uh, any uh, credit card, Visa, Mastercard, right on our site or others through PayPal, and get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com. So, the news is from rhrealitycheck.org about a mom who had her child taken away from her because she refused to consent to a cesarean section. Refused to pre-authorize a cesarean section. Allow me to be a little bit more clear. Because apparently, I don't know if this is in every hospital or in a lot of them. I've never been a pregnant woman before, so I don't know. Um, but apparently in some hospitals, when you check in as a pregnant lady, they ask you to sign a consent or a waiver of some sort. And they asked her to sign a consent to have a cesarean section if they deemed it so-called if necessary. If the physician deemed it um, necessary. And I'd like to point out that in many of these cases, what I hear now, like I said, I don't know firsthand. I didn't. My wife did not have uh, our child in a hospital. I decided I just didn't like the way these people do business. You did a birthing center right? yeah we did a birthing center where we got to make the decisions and but i've heard that many doctors like it's it's hard scheduling there's not that many obgyns out there meaning that there's a lot of pregnant women per obgyn mm-hmm. meaning that these guys have scheduling issues that what they'll do is they'll give cesarean sections to save time to save time when Jeez. perhaps it is not medically right. necessary that's horrifying it is that's surgery it is You're cutting it, someone it changes, open. It changes your life too. Uh, once you have a cesarean section, you can't have a regular uh, pregnancy after that, as really? I understand it. Regular birth after that. Yeah, so, my, my mother actually ran into an issue when uh, she was trying to birth me. Um, she was in labor for quite a while, and I just was too big of a baby back then. My mother mm-hmm. was was very petite, and so she 
basically um, didn't have a choice. The doctor had to do a cesarean section, and she authorized it at that point. Mm -hmm. Her intention was to do a natural birth. And then, and then my other two uh, siblings also had to have C-section as well because of that. I, I, I think she just went ahead with that. I think well, I don't if know what th- Mark says is true. Yeah, I don't know that, something to you. Yeah, I don't know those details. Your so body. I so that's, uh, all I'm speaking of is things I've heard. I've, the, well, the National Association for Pregnant Women (NAT) uh, (NAPW). There's actually good news in this uh, this story. Recently acknowledged a victory in which they played a part related to a woman who had given birth three years ago and had her newborn swiftly whisked away by a child protective authority, claiming child endangerment for refusing to pre-authorize a cesarean section. The victory came in the form of a court decision last week, reversing a lower court's decision to terminate the mother's parental rights, we'll call her uh, Ms. M or VM, and remove the baby from her custody at birth because she didn't consent to a C-section, even though it was never medically necessary. According to NAPW staff attorney Farah Diaz-Tello, the issue of whether refusal of a cesarean section can be fashioned as medical neglect of a child was essentially put to bed in an opinion by the appellate division last year. However, Judge Karchman, writing in his recent decision, confirms that the refusal to consent to a C-section has no place in the proceedings, stating that the term children does not extend to fetuses for the purposes of the abuse-slash-neglect statute under which Ms. M's parental rights were terminated. She entered St. Barnabas Hospital in New Jersey in 2006 after experiencing contractions, was immediately asked to sign consent forms for the administration of intravenous fluids, antibiotics, oxygen, fetal heart rate monitoring, and epistemotomy. Episiotomy, I don't know, and an epidural anesthetic, but she refused to essentially pre-consent to any other invasive treatment. Catherine Jack, staff attorney with NAPW involved in the case from the beginning, told Reality Check that this occurred in a New Jersey hospital that has a 50% C-section rate. The hospital policy is that whenever a maternity patient comes in the door, they immediately are asked to pre-authorize any intervention. It's standard practice and not uncommon. Another attorney uh, said this, a lot of hospitals have these. From a legal perspective, however, they are questionable. Can you have informed consent pro forma? I'm not sure what pro forma means. Anybody know that one? I'll look it up for you. It's an excellent question, according to rhrealitycheck.org. And it's precisely in a case like this where that idea gets tested. Can a woman exercise informed consent to a medical intervention during labor if the situation under which she may consent to the intervention hasn't happened yet? Pro forma is a matter of form. uh, Documents that are done as a pure formality, perfunctory. This hospital has a C-section rate that's well above what the WHO deems a safe C-section rate. If women are consenting to a C-section right off the bat, regardless of whether one is actually medically indicated, it's certainly blurring the lines between what's medically necessary and the power of suggestion from a medical authority. And, of course, we've seen plenty of studies done uh, on so-called authority. You put a lab coat on somebody, an act- put a lab coat on an actor and have him give orders to someone in a, in a study, and odds are good they're going to do it or make suggestions to people, they're going to follow it. So uh, where does an individual's right to make an informed choice begin and hospital legal policy end? I think this this is also, well, the problem that I see is that it, it sort of incentivizes the hospital to do the C-sections, for one. Obviously, you know scheduling, but the the whole aspect of sitting there and providing nursing assistance for someone who's in labor and all that, that, labor that goes into it or the manpower mm-hmm. that would go into um, supporting this woman who's going through this this birthing process 
is then mitigated by the C-section by just, oh, let's go ahead and, and cut her open and we're done. Yep. Well, she agreed to it. Exactly. That's the whole point of their, yeah. their, their system. And a lot of people, when they're coming into the hospital, they're not reading the stuff that they signed. They're, they're in, you know, you're having contractions. You're focusing on having a baby. That's what you're concerned with. And of course, we've all been trained by popular media that this is what you do. You go to the hospital. I mean, Mark, you, uh, you and your wife uh, kind of experienced some, some level of critique, didn't you, for choosing the birthing center from, from some people in your lives? Or am I mis- well, it, um, misinterpreting you know, that? It's shocking to people that you wouldn't go to the hospital. There's always it? somebody out there that has a – believe me, when it comes to child rearing, somebody's got a better opinion about how to do it than you do. And sure. it, this is where you – know, we used to have this saying in, in prison – like your job could be out there in the stables shoveling crap, and every convict that goes by is going to have some opinion on how you are going to better be able to shovel <laughs> your crap. However, not a single one of them will ever pick up a shovel and help you shovel that crap. Mm-hmm. So somebody without a shovel in their hand should be ignored. And go. that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the thing is about children, they always grow into adults. So anybody who had them always looks like they were successful in the rearing, rearing of their children. Most of them do not end up doing, you know, some horrifying thing. So, you know, <laughs> the, the person then considers their way of raising their children to be a successful one and a good one. Everybody's got opinions on how to raise kids. I'm just of the opinion, you know, I tend to, sometimes I think in my head, you know, you've got this little voice in your head, oh, they're not raising their kid like we do. They're not doing as good of a job. And the difference between having an opinion, there's a big difference between having an opinion and then forcing it on somebody, right? Because that's what we see happen with these child protective agencies. It's for the good of the children. It's for the good. What I wonder here is, let's, let's get into the root. Let's talk about money. Now, I wonder... What they can charge an insurance company, you know, what's the profit per time spent? You know, when when they cut someone open, they perform a surgery like that. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're charging the insurance company much more than simply sitting there and waiting for the woman to push the baby. It's a good question. I think if we could get some sort of numbers analyzed as to this hospital and how much money they make on a cesarean section versus a natural birth. And how much time they spent, you know, if, if we can get an equation that would be the profit loss analysis or the, the cost benefit, that sort of look at this. And then we can actually find out what they actually are going for or their justification. So there's more on this case that I don't think you've covered. No, here. there's more. I, yeah. Right. Um, so we're talking the, the scariest part about this is the hospital calls up the child protective services and say somebody won't take take our consent form mm. yeah so what if we've got a consent form and and we do far more cesarean sections than any other hospital <laughs> we're the authorities here get over here and protect our authority we're the hospital and they come right over and yep. they take this lady's baby who was delivered vaginally i'd like to point out and her point was that she would have a consented to a c-section if she f- deemed it medically necessary uh, but they called her combative holy crap they took her baby i mean (laughs) think how combative you would be if they took your child from you we'll come back with more we can give some more of those details here in a moment coming up in hour number three at 800-259-9231 it's outrageous i mean she's got her child back now from what i understand no she doesn't no it was reversed it was reversed the decision appears to be a step towards mrs m reunification with her child it's just been remanded back to the lower court she's separated from her newborn free talk lot when it comes to potential police abuse the most important place to protect yourself is while driving 
FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there totally free. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. We're going to continue a story for those of you just tuning in. Uh, we're continuing a story we started last hour from rhrealitycheck.org. And it's pretty disturbing uh, from the perspective of anybody that's a parent or anybody that wants to be a parent. Because a young lady had, uh, I presume she's a young lady, I don't actually know what her, what her age is. A woman. But a lady who went to St. Barnabas Hospital in New Jersey in 2006 after experiencing contractions was asked to sign a consent form for a variety of things, including pre-consent to a C-section, a cesarean section, right. to cut her open to take a baby out if they was so-called deemed necessary. Well, she refused to sign the portion of the form that had to do with the cesarean section. You know, She actually took the time to read what it was that she was signing, and she did not want to do that because she wanted to have a, a natural birth, although she uh, – or a vaginal birth, I guess, to be more specific. You could, you could argue it's not natural because it's a hospital and they're jacking you up with all kinds of drugs. Okay, whatever. But, uh, I don't know that, that's, that they did jack her up with all kinds of drugs. They do have that that option in hospitals at times. Okay, I don't. It's that seems common, but then again, what do I know? So she refused to consent. Although she pointed out that she would have been willing to consent had she been told that it was a necessity. That right, if was, they'd actually come to the point where that the C section was necessary, and she did have a vaginal birth, so it went fine. Like she was right. Yeah, but the question is. This hospital has one of the highest rates of cesarean sections in New Jersey or maybe in anywhere. It's the country. Fifty percent, okay. one in 50 two percent wow. of, uh, of of pregnancies or uh, births that they have at the hospital right. are C sections. So the question is, had she signed this form, would they have all of a sudden determined that shh, this was necessary? Right. It makes scheduling a lot easier. Yeah, because you can just slice slice a lady open instead of actually having to wait. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, here's the re- remainder of the story from RHRealityCheck.org. We're calling her Ms. M. She had a history of psychi- uh, psychiatric issues, had been on a range of medication, including Zoloft and Prozac and in psychotherapy prior to her pregnancy. Oh, yeah. We neglected to mention they took her baby from her. Yeah. As they, a result of this. They took her baby from her in August. When did she birth? Uh, well, they when took her birth. Baby from her when after after birth. Right, but that yeah. was when it happened. Right, this was in two thousand six. This ar- this article was written in August of last year. Oh my goodness, I was I, I misread. So she hasn't had her child in five years. That's as I understand and it. This is the speedy hand of justice, where the appellate court now, instead of giving her ch- five year old back to her, instead right. remands it back to the lower court. Well. I mean, whose kid is this at this point? Who is this kid uh, adhered to? Well, the child belongs to the state, Mark. 
Isn't all children. This is what parents need to understand: is your kid belongs to the state. If you get broken up with your spouse, that's the state decides. Where did which, you? Sorry, where did you see that they remanded this back to the? Well, the I've got other a different court. story than you do, you and must. I'll read it right here. Okay, please do because this story says that the appellate court had they, they called this a victory. They said that uh, the appellate court reversed the decision. Okay, in the decision published today, and here's the the PDF is attached, the appellate division reversed the lower court's termination of Ms. M's parental rights and ruled that the child uh, protective authority had failed to meet its burden of uh, burden showing that Ms. M was unwilling and unable to eliminate the harm facing the child and that termination of parental rights will not do more harm than good. Although the case now goes back to the lower court, the mm. decision appears to be a step towards Ms. Jeez. M's reunification with her child. This is from advocatesforpregnantwomen.org. My goodness. And Why would it have to go back if the decision is, was reversed? I don't know the legal system well enough to understand this. If you so, know, please explain. 800-259-9231. your story is from August? Correct. Okay. Not unlike millions of Americans, she suffered from what was characterized at different times in the court decision as depression, a panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and bipolar disorder. She went off her medication during her pregnancy for fear of its effect on her fetus. Prior to coming to the hospital to give birth, there was no indication that she was a danger to herself or to others. Ms. VM sought prenatal care, according to the records from Dr. Ted Stevens and OBGYN. This all changed, according to the lower court ruling, during her labor. Ms. M suddenly became a danger to her as-of-yet-unborn child when she A. refused to consent before it was necessary to a C-section, and B. became what was referred to in the court decision as combative. According to the decision in the hospital records, she's described as combative, uncooperative, erratic, noncompliant, irrational, and inappropriate. They were taking her baby from her. I can tell you that every woman on the planet, well, 99% of women on the planet are going to become all of those things when you take their newborn from them. She ordered the attending obstetrician, Dr. Chital Mansuria, to leave the room and told her that if she did not do what VM said, she would be off the case. VM then threatened to report the doctor to the police. In fact, at one point, VM did call the police to report that she was being abused and denied treatment. She told a nurse that no one is going to touch my baby. As one of the attorneys uh, told RH Reality Checked when asked about what kind of combative behavior she displayed during and immediately after birth, the so-called combative behavior was in relation to things that happened after the delivery. You have to see them in the context of when they told her that they were taking her baby away from her. That's when she got combated. Well, hospitals are part of the medical industrial complex. They are in bed with the state just as much as any large business is. And... They, they are the first ones that are going to use your medical history against you in collusion with the state to take that baby and to show you that I know better than you, Mark. I know with my lab coat what to do with this mm-hmm. baby better than you do. And that much is true, but the police officers that respond in these circumstances, they have the mentality that authority is right and that the individual is wrong. That you are a cog in the system. That's right. And you will act like a cog, you will behave like a cog, or will kick your teeth down your throat, cog. Or steal your baby. And 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 steal your baby. And and that's what's happened here. The doctor's the authority. This woman is, um, you know, needs to follow what the doctor says every time. End of story. And that's how they act. That's how they reacted. 
Ms. M had been evaluated by a psychiatrist because of her refusal to consent to a C-section and because, from the record, she was very boisterous, yelling and screaming at the top of her lungs. The psychiatrist spoke with her for an hour to make sure she understood the risks and complications of having a C-section or refusing one, and Ms. M was honest about her psychiatric history, according to the notes, and was clear about her choice. The psychiatrist concluded that, quote, VM was not psychotic and had the capacity for informed consent wow. with regard to the C-section. So the psychiatrist tried to persuade her for an hour to get, this, to get her to sign this form, and basically ended up concluding, or, or she ended up concluding, well, I guess the person is normal, yep. and let's carry on. Not only did the psychiatrist find she had the capacity for informed consent and was therefore capable of saying no to the surgery, but mental health, says Diaz Tello, is not a reason in and of itself for taking a child away from her, his or her parents. Despite the psychiatrist's finding, however, and despite having no apparent legal basis, the initial decision to remove the newborn from Ms. M and her husband's care was specifically related to her decision not to pre-authorize a cesarean section. In an amicus brief filed on behalf of more than 20 organizations and experts, including many individual physicians, uh, physicians called the lower court's decision an injustice and misuse of the child welfare laws. They said that the record is clear that hospital staff referred her case to the Division of Youth and Family Services in at least in part because of concerns regarding her decisions during labor, including her decision not to preauthorize consent to cesarean surgery. Unfortunately, the lower court also relied entirely on hearsay evidence to keep Ms. M, her husband, and their baby apart for three years. The series of events were recounted in court seemingly to highlight her combative and erratic behavior without giving rise to the real reasons behind her actions. That's right. That's how you create a government dependent. You take this this newborn from this natural state with its mother and you put it in this machine and tell it to be a cog. Now now you're in placement and you're living with people that you've never met before that aren't natural to you, that isn't your natural mother, and you're not getting those nutrients that perhaps if she would have breastfed and those that immune system boost that that it would have gotten that the child would have gotten. So now you have a dependent who's going to be maybe psychologically scarred. I can't imagine how they this this girl this child isn't going to need a great deal of counseling. Right. This is sick. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. There's a little bit more to this particular story. And your thoughts are certainly welcome on cesarean sections and whether or not uh, you should have your baby taken from you if you refuse to have one. Yeah, Does anybody actually with believe this? with this? Don't go to a hospital. Yeah. Right, exactly. Stay out of these things. They're dangerous places. Free talk. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find on our site totally free. Uh, those features include our archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours right there at the top of the website at freetalklive.com. Imagine... Opening your front door and coming face-to-face with your identity thief. 
the criminal who wasn't content to steal from your bank accounts and use your credit cards. This guy knows where you live, and he's staking out your house and watching your family. That's what Fox News reported on about one woman. Fortunately, she had advanced warning from LifeLock. She said without LifeLock, she wouldn't have known the thieves were coming. And she added, LifeLock services are legit, and they do what they say they'll do, and it's worth it. I don't want you to suffer from the personal and financial firestorm that identity theft brings. Lord knows what would have happened to this poor woman if, in fact, these thieves had you know, just surprised her. You can protect yourself and your family with the same identity theft protection that I use and that Ian use. It's called, it's called LifeLock. LifeLock is the best, and it's guaranteed. So join me on my mission that not one of you will fall victim to identity theft this year. I need you to call now because I was able to get you a 60-day bonus of LifeLock protection if you do this right now. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Call 1-800-242-2693. It's 800-242-2693. One more time with that telephone number, 800-242-2693 for LifeLock. 1-800-259-9231 is our phone number. And especially want to hear from you right now if you think that it's okay to steal a child from a mother's arms after birth because she refused to consent, pre-consent to a cesarean section. Yeah, definitely. If you feel that way, that this is justified, I, I definitely want to hear what, what sort of justification you can provide as to why this, this should be okay. You know, and I think Mark was right earlier when he pointed out this is all about, I think it was Mark, uh, all about medical authority. All about the hospital saying, we know what is best, and how dare you, little woman, how dare you try to tell us that you don't want us to perform what, we, JJ. what we think is best. <laughs> was J- you guys, you know. Yeah, we both got on that one. You guys, yeah. are, you guys are together. I know it's, you're not paying it's all to us, good. <laughs> uh, So that, uh, you know, that the, the hospital, it's all about that. And, of course, the, the state backs them up. That the That's state, right. Uh, is right there alongside well, to do that. The state wants to. I mean, they want to feel like they're actually doing something. You know, this is my job taking babies away from mothers. That's 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 that person's job. I I don't care about making sure that people are safe. I just need to take someone away so that I can tell my boss, yeah, I did something today. Yeah, the state doesn't. The state, the officer, whomever, doesn't gain power and authority by leaving children with their parents. They gain power and authority. By taking children away from their parents. That's I mean, right. it's it's kind of that scary step from that Hillary Clinton quote where it was like it takes a village to raise a child. This is what people in the government tend to think is that, well, we all need to raise the children together because you you with your guns and your Bibles, you don't know how to raise your own children. I, you know, I, I really do think that they often think that yeah. in the government. Well, they, they think, you know, they're already in a position that, that the idea that you're one of those few wise people capable of making decisions for the masses, capable of coming up with a one-size-fits-all that fits everybody, which is foolish in my, my estimation, is it, that, that whole mindset of I know better than you creates such conflicts with sure everyday people and just normal rational thinking you know uh, i i tend to not think that the average person out there is going to make the best decisions all the time for their life or even most of the time for their life that's how i tend to think however i do know that i'm going to make the best decisions for me at a given time comparative to what the government's decisions are going to be for me so if i want that freedom for myself I have to give it to other people because if I give that, if I give the government the ability to decide for other people how they're going to live their lives and raise.
raise their kids, then the government's going to assume that power over me and mine. Right, right, Mark. I mean, that's the point about liberty that I, I tell a lot of people. Liberty isn't about the decisions that you can make. It's about accepting the decisions that other people make. Absolutely. If you can't allow others to be free, then you will never be free yourself. And that's one of the points that Dr. Mary Ruart makes in her excellent book, Healing Our World, uh, that if you attempt to control others, inevitably you will find yourself being controlled. So in the same way that the, these you know, people uh, that might uh, object to the Bible thumpers raising their kids in that way, they all of a sudden may find that the Bible thumpers end up getting in control of government and then foist their viewpoint yeah. down upon their family. And then the family. atheists don't get to keep their kids. Now, I'm not saying I believe that either one of these uh, the, those particular groups' stories. However, I do believe that they're the best ones to raise their kids. That's right. So uh, the the last bit of this story is essentially reiterating what you had said earlier, Mark, that uh, the case has hit a happier note with this uh, uh, this victory. Because what had happened, for those of you just tuning in, is this woman had her baby stolen from her after birth as a result of a child's so-called protective services coming in, taking her kid, using the excuse that she was being disobedient in the hospital because they wanted to take her kid from her, uh, that she wouldn't sign this uh, this uh, consent form to consent pre-consent to a cesarean section. They come in, they take her kid from her they take this to trial she her and her husband take this to uh, to court the first court upholds it the appeals court uh they 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 kind of send it back to the original court or they i guess they gave it a vic they what reversed the decision excuse me that's what i'm looking for they reversed the decision but apparently for some reason it goes back to the lower court for and, another decision yeah and the department of youth and family services can appeal the appellate sure. court decision so this could still end up right. this taking child's gonna years. Be, this child's going to be uh, graduating college before this gets over. And it's really, really sad. The thing is that every day that this kid is in foster care, and I'm just assuming that they're in foster care, we've read stories where Child Protective Services has come in and taken people's kids and put them up for adoption for wealthy, connected people. Mm-hmm. We have read these stories. Right. And the state gets money for that, too. But every day this kid's in foster care... Money, money coming in for That's these right. agencies. Also, this every day is, is more- about dollars and cents, people. And your kids are the slaves. The, the they are the, the the commodity in which these people trade. Every day, also, that a young person is in foster care is one more day that they could that they risk possibly being raped or starved or beaten, and you know, by some awful pair of foster parents. I, I, Those I, aren't I, uncommon stories. Well, along no. with along with authority, that the state mindset. Has when an individual takes on this mindset of the state, they for one the authority is their big their big motivating factor that that drives them to make their decisions. But along with that authority comes this ego, this pride in which I can make no bad decisions. So I'm going to appeal this, even though everybody else thinks that this is a foolish decision. Even though there are all these doctors that have written letters and uh, in support of the parents. No, my decision was best. My pride cannot suffer. I will not take egg on the face. And that's why I'm going to appeal this if, if they win it again. And I'm going to keep fighting because I made the right decision. Yeah, and that decision that that bureaucrat made doesn't cost them a thing. Nope. Imagine what this costs this woman as far as t- time, Attorney's emotions, yes. um, and, and money. Just the incredible amount of money she's paying to keep her kid because she didn't feel like signing a form that gave the crazy. doctor the, the right to Tragic. do a, a C-section on her in a hospital that does a, an insane amount of C-sections. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. She went to the hospital thinking that was what you're supposed to do when you have a baby and it ended up resulting in the state stealing her baby from her. 
1-800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up what you want. The state's not here to help. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. All right, let's continue here and take your phone calls about what you want. But first, I want to tell you about the webcam. You can go and watch, listen, and interact. Our chat room built into the same page as the webcam. It's all completely free for you at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And it's brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers. Offer, MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. All right, let's continue with your phone calls and talk to Andrew in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with the NJJ and Mark. Hello, Andrew. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, Andrew, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I was just listening to your uh, story, and uh, it hits uh, you know close to home because I recently uh, had a child myself at the uh, beginning of the new year. Congratulations! And th- thank you. And went through the exact you know um, same, not really the same situation, but uh, you know all those things that this woman has to deal with are kind of, you know, in the back of, you know, at least my mind, you know, going in thinking, you know, well, how, how is this all going to play out? And, uh, part, and that's part of the reason why we, you know, decided to go with a, uh, a midwife at a birth center hmm. is because, well, the issue of having a C-section uh, for non-emergency um, reasons um, is, you know, significantly lowered because, well, midwives don't perform surgery they just you know help you you know birth your baby the way you know women have been birthing babies for thousands and thousands of years well that and um, uh, the, the birthing of babies has been a, a, traditionally a pretty dangerous sport but there you these ambulances can get them to the hospital in a matter of minutes and it's very rare even in instances where women need medical attention during a birth that they need it in the next 10 minutes so mm. they can get them there um also they have so the this, risks are very low yeah they, they have these water births which apparently as i understand them take away the pain that's involved uh, a, a great deal of the pain that's involved um in uh, birthing a child i don't know haven't done it but uh, the, these are the stories that i hear uh well the the water birth is definitely um something we you know we had gone with and uh it definitely does uh decrease the pain by providing uh increased um temperature um the risk of infection does go up um and requires additional monitoring mm-hmm. but you know that's that's something definitely that you know I would urge people to kind of look at midwives 
um, for themselves if they're planning on having a child. Well, not only do you get a do you get people who just do that as opposed to somebody who's going to well, let's just cut her open and stab. It's easier. Uh, You've got somebody that's going to focus more on the actual birthing process, but it's also cheaper, is it not? Um, It is. Um, In New Hampshire, uh, at least in southern New Hampshire, um, I went on the um, uh, one of the insurance companies' uh, websites, and they list um, procedures and the cost of the average cost of the procedure. And for having a uh, for birthing a baby with, I think it's with medication or without. I'm pretty sure it's with medication. in southern New Hampshire, it runs between ten and twelve thousand dollars on average, um, because you have the cost of the hospital, the cost of the medication, you know, uh, you know a whole bunch of things. Right. Uh, where you know, essentially, all told, if we pay totally out of pocket for the uh, birth at a birth center for the prenatal and postpartum care as well as the birth. It ran us uh, $3,000. That's wow. a huge difference. Thank wow. you, Andrew, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Mark, you're nodding, so you're similar similar experience. Yeah, that's exactly the same experience as far as the prices and things like that. That's a lot of money you can save and then put into things and stuff that you'll need for the baby. Well, not only that, but I'm sure the midwife has more of a caring attitude. I mean, that's she's specialized in, in her her. I guess, work, what she does for a living. I I don't know whether a doctor's uh, caring. I'm not going to make that statement, caring or not. I I wouldn't know, but I would be able to to say that you can look at the evidences that doctors around the nation, that cesarean sections are really on the rise. And and many people have speculated it's about scheduling issues. Right. Well, I'd also like to see what the price is for a cesarean section versus a a standard uh, birth with drugs. But also, I mean, just getting back to that midwife idea that I was talking about, the, the, that's all she does for a living. She has to, to do a good job. Her incentive is to please her customer because the doctors, I mean, they can do other treatments. They can do other sort of uh, work with patients. Like my, my doctor back home that births me, and then ended up doing the cesarean section. He was a general practitioner, so he gotcha. saw people for normal doctorly things. But he was also an OBGYN, so, so it was one of the many things he was doing. Right, exactly. Yeah. So he, if he didn't do well, if he got a bad rap for being a, a birthing doctor, well, he could still be a general practitioner. He could still, right. it, you know, it was just one facet of his entire. Yeah, it makes more sense to go with a specialist. That's right. All right, let's continue here and talk to Ray, listening in North Carolina. Ray, you can take control of the airwaves. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, yes, I am out of North Carolina, and my issue is foreclosure. Hmm. Can we okay. switch the foreclosure sure. tonight? It's Free Talk Live. Okay. You can bring up anything you want, so go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm in the middle of a dispute, and I'm being strong-armed by the judicial system in North Carolina. Um, I went to court, and I found out that my servicer foreclosed on me and uh, did not have legal standing. Once I pulled my record, I found that the note um, was not endorsed, and there was a bogus uh, assignment. So I went to court, filed a motion, and they denied my motion, uh, Rule 60B, even though I had prima facie evidence. Now, why is it that the that, why do you believe that the uh, the house was foreclosed upon? Were you not making payments? Um, well, actually. Um, I know it's foreclosed on because I was under active 
um, modification. What's that mean? Um, I was in active modification review. I don't or, understand. What that um, is. Modification is the modification of the loan uh, because so many people were given these crappy loans that are on uh, houses that aren't worth half of what they uh, they are now. Well, no, some of what's going on here with the mortgages is uh, they take your mortgage, they securitize it, and then they sell it off and then package it with other mortgages and then they sell it to someone else and then they package it with more and they keep selling it. So the the, the fact is. If you can find out who actually owns your mortgage, I don't know if you have that information, but if you can find out the person who actually holds on to your mortgage versus the person you originally had your contract with, uh, there might be a dispute there. I know with a lot of this this sort of um, uh, the housing bubble and these uh, derivatives they're creating, that a lot of the mortgages aren't owned by anybody it's it's like yeah. they can't find out who actually owns it because it's been traded so many times isn't that what she was saying yes. that, that there was no signature on the note well that, that just means that they just did a sloppy job on their paperwork so i, I guess i'm still a little confused you were paying your mortgage or that there was some she's going to modify it right they were yeah, modifying I was on it? A, uh, active modification when they actually went behind my back and foreclosed so what does I that mean, though, court, when you're on active modification? Does that mean that you don't have to pay the mortgage? I did all the paperwork. I did all the paperwork. To get a new rate and or something like that? What was what was being modified? The rate? The loan was being reconsidered. Was being reconsidered. Meaning that they were considering considering you for a different uh, interest rate? Yes. And and a principal in, in often, oftentimes. Uh, absolutely. So you had an adjustable rate mortgage then is what you're saying? No, I did not. I had a fixed. Okay. But they can readjust. They could change that? the rate, but more likely they'll change the principal. Do you, do you I understand? am confused. Okay, look, I had a house in Sarasota, Florida, that at one point or another, some adjuster or some uh, you know appraiser probably would have called two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. If I would have taken out a, a, a fixed rate mortgage on it that day, and then the housing bubble bursts, mm-hmm. then I have a fixed rate mortgage on a house. Which, by the way, when it uh, finally sold, there's houses in, um, selling in the neighborhood at a hundred thousand dollars. So it's lost a hundred and fifty thousand more than a more than fifty percent of its value gone away. So what banks are doing in order to not have to deal with that are helping people out uh, by offering them different loans with lower principles. But in this case, instead of helping you out, they decided to foreclose on your house. They decided We'll come back with more here. And if you you don't mind, hang on. We'll bring you back here in a moment. I, I think I'm grasping this. It's Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll get a whole list of things that you can do to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country. Uh, that's promote.freetalklive.com. And also get us into more ears uh, from Internet listeners tuning in. That's promote.freetalklive.com. All right, so I think I'm getting it now. We had a conversation during the break, and I just want to kind of go over this one None more None of time. us are mortgage uh, experts here, but nope. uh, right. probably Ian the least of all. I think you've paid cash for just about every house you own. I only own one house. But anyway, uh, we've got... Owned. 
we we've got Ray on the line here, uh, listening in North Carolina, and I'm just going to run down this as I understand it, and please correct me if I'm wrong here. So we've got a situation where there's all kinds of people that are upside down and really in bad shape with their mortgages due to the housing bubble crashing. They can't make the payments. The economy's down. Ray dropped off the line, by the way, so we'll still address the issue. Uh, but you know, there's a problem out there with right. home ownership, and so the idea is that if somebody stops paying on their mortgage. Oh boy, now the bank's got another one that they've got to deal with. And how are they going to deal with this? Well, they could foreclose or they could offer to essentially adjust the mortgage downwards as far as what its value is and the principal and the, you know, therefore changing the payments because it's better as somebody who's, as somebody who gives a loan. If you give a loan to somebody and they default on it, it's better to get some payments from them than to get nothing at all. That's right. right? So if, if I loan you money and you don't pay me anything and I talk to you and I'm like, look, I'll take 20 bucks a month. Whatever you can do, I'll take it. It's better to get the 20 bucks a month than to get zero, zero. Well, so that's, 20 bucks on a mortgage is like getting I'm zero. not talking about a mortgage. I, I was know, talk, I just know. talking about loan, just loaning somebody money because that's how I can understand this is just by giving, you know, just talking about loaning somebody money. Sure. But it's the same from the bank's perspective. They're getting zero. It would be, you know, if their original mortgage was $2,000 a month, they'd rather get 1300 than get zero as opposed to foreclosing on it and getting a fraction of that. And if then, they could even sell the foreclosure. Right. That's right. And, and with all these houses not selling to begin with, they're basically going to sit on a liability yeah. on their, their balance sheet. Right. So they already have houses that are in their stock that they've already foreclosed upon that may be trying to sell on the market and they can't sell even at a low, low rate. Um, and so they don't want to add another one and lose even more money. It's better to have them have somebody make a payment and uh, and get them in at a lower rate. Not to mention that the housing market's in the crapper and has been for a couple of years. This is you know all over the bank's biggest problem. They were making tremendous amount of money giving out home loans uh, a few years ago, and now they're they're doing nothing like that. So. What the results have been is that the number of households in America is shrinking. People are moving in with their mothers and their dads and their uh, sisters, and, and their, the household numbers are shrinking. People are not going out and getting their first homes nearly as early. Yeah, but the houses are still there. The houses are still there. Yeah. The, so you've got these these rotting hulks. A house that's empty is that much harder to sell than right. a house that has uh, stuff in it. So you've got these uh, banks that are, it, when they do sell these foreclosures, they sell them at pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes a heck of a lot more sense to them to do these modifications. As I understand it, the administration has pushed these, uh, these modifications and, mm. you know, whatever. So there you go. Uh, so Ray was calling because apparently instead of doing the modification like she thought was going to happen, uh, they ended up foreclosing on her. And that sucks. Well, I mean, it's, it's, in one way, it's their loss because they're not going to get any money out of her. And, you know, when they foreclose on a home, especially in the north here, you have to keep that home heated. And people know the homes. Yeah, the bank has to pay for that. Uh, right. I mean, otherwise the pipes freeze, and then the next thing you know, you, you, you can't sell problem. the house if it's the pipes are frozen. So, like and then you've got a huge mess on your It's hands. a liability <laughs> because they have that cost of ownership that needs to be maintained. Mm-hmm. If their ho- houses aren't selling, then it's basically just a drain on their fund. Great points. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Marvin in Florida. Marvin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Marvin? Oh, yes. Good evening, hey. gentlemen. What's on hey. your mind tonight, Marvin? Uh, all right. The name is Norman. Norman. I'm sorry. The board off got that one wrong. Go ahead. Uh, a lot of people call me Marvin. They think everyone with a New York accent is Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Guido. Especially, well, no, especially now, you know, during the uh, spring break time. 
But I'm living here now about 10 years. I have a motel uh, down by the beach, and um, I had a beautiful road in front of my motel, never had a flood, uh, never had a problem whatsoever. There's a big parking lot in front of the motel as well. People come and go. They check in. They check out. They go out to eat. They come back late at night, so on and so forth. Uh, the city decided to pave uh, the road in front of my motel, and as a result of paving the road, I now have a flood uh, in my parking lot. This mm. has been going on for about uh, six years, and I've been dealing with the city of Sarasota uh, through a series of multiple hundreds of phone calls, and they've passed me from one person to another, they would tell me one story, and this would go on for a few years. They would send people down to the to the street and look at it over and so forth. And the final conclusion is this. I want the people in Sarasota to hear this. It seems that the city owns the right-of-way. They own 30 feet from the center of the road towards your property. Right. They, they own it. Well, they own and, it because they stole it. Yeah, go ahead. Stole it, and uh, basically, my my parking lot is filled with water as a result of the negligence of the company who did the work that they hired, and uh, they're basically telling me, well, uh, and this comes at the end of six years of negotiation. Um, and I asked them, when are you going to when are you going to fix the road for me? They said after the new year, and after the new year, they told me that it's in the right of way and is. <laughs> It can be flooded for 72 hours. 72 hours of flooding is fine. After 72 hours, after three days, then give us a call, and uh, we'll take a look at it. Basically, what they want me to do is to um, pick my people up out of the car and carry them on my back with right. boots on through how, the water and put them in the room. Right. How are you how are you ever going to run a motel when your parking lot's flooded? I mean, you just can't do it. How well, deep's this water? Uh, the the water is about eight inches deep. Wow! Hmm. So you eight can you, you can basically you have a claim here. It sounds like the city. Well, did... no, I have nothing at all. According to the person in charge of the public works department. Oh, I wouldn't talk to that not, person. <laughs> no, not, not an engineer. I've well, it's likely that that he's but... right. Uh, that Norman's right. That uh, the city has no liability for the actions taken. Uh, the, the government is very. It's very hard to sue. However, I would certainly not talk to a government agent and ask them. I would talk to lawyers and ask them yes. about this. Right. Well, I plan on speaking with the mayor. Well, uh, he's, I, I don't think it's a weak mayor in Sarasota. So, I mean, you, you could talk to any city council person. Are you in the city or are you in the county? I'm in the city. You could talk to any city council person. They'd essentially have the same level of uh, uh, of power as the mayor. It's just a it's a titular position that uh, trades trades places. I I would talk to an attorney about this personally, or yeah. more than one attorney. And you know, I don't, what kind of an attorney would you talk to about that? Though it wouldn't be criminal. Would it? No, it'd be a civil civil attorney. Yeah. Civil litigator. Yeah. But yeah. the point is, is that they said that the right of way it's allowed to be flooded for seventy two hours. <laughs> We are the only motel or hotel in all of Sarasota, I would say, that has a flooded parking lot. Wow. Now, are you listening tonight on WSRQ? Yes, I am. Excellent. Good to know. Uh, Glad you're out there, and I hope that you can manage to get this resolved somehow, but it sounds like it's not going to happen anytime soon. How long has the water been there now? Uh, Six years. Wow. 
And so, seriously, it, has this water damaged your parking lot? I mean, has it caused? Oh, any- I mean, how long has the water been here? No, it hasn't been laying here for six years. But <laughs> every a- time there's a very heavy rain, it sticks around every for a while. Huh? Heavy rain, it just hangs out, hmm. and uh, they're telling me it's uh, everything is wonderful. Well, plug your motel. I mean, for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, where where is the motel? <laughs> I'm afraid to give the name. I don't want people to come okay. and throw rocks at it. Okay. Hey, good All luck, right. man. Thanks for the call tonight. Yeah, Appreciate hearing yeah. from you, man. No, they love they love New Yorkers down here, so uh, <laughs> I want to be able to sleep tight tonight. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you, and and good luck. That's not it's no fun. I mean, you can't. Winning against the government is not no. an easy task. No, they they basically have the armor of guns. You know, I would and, personally, uh, go, and they run the courts. Yeah, exactly. I would personally, if this were my issue, I'd be going to uh, Blaylock Walters, Held and Johnson in uh, Sarasota, Florida. I happen to know a lawyer there. She's, uh, you know, she's a hotshot and a friend of mine. Uh, her name's Jennifer Shembry. That's where I'd go. There you go. All right. So uh, t- we don't have time for this uh, Alaska militia story, and I think it's really important. So we're going to put that on the table. We'll come back to it uh, because it's just some outrageous allegations in the uh, federal's federal government's charging documents against these militia members that were arrested. And there are a lot of people within our movement that are saying we need to stand by these guys, and I am not interested in doing that nope. at all. Violence will, begets violence. That's right. I will not stand by uh, people who are advocating for violence in any way, shape, or form. And it certainly sounds like that's what these people were doing. Uh, we'll give you more information on that. I don't want to jump to a conclusion, but we'll talk more about it maybe tomorrow night. And uh, see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. <laughs> 